think seeing empty chairs gives people a sense of question and unease of, are more people supposed to be here? And why didn't they come? And I did come. Let's just eliminate all of those questions from their heads, okay? Let's make it look like that you have to add at the last minute. Everyone's been let into the ballroom and there's still a couple people without a seat. That feels better than all of these empty tables and chairs. How are entrepreneurs like us daring bravely to build a stage, ditch the sweatpants, and step up to the mic? How do we create our own transformative events so we can get our message out into the world in a bigger way that's not only profitable, but it's actually something we can be proud of? That's the question. And the answers are inside this podcast. My name is Sarah Pfeiffer. Welcome to Green Room Central. Okay, so so many people come to me freaking out (laughs) and wondering what to do because less people are showing up to their event than they planned. And so today on the podcast, we are going to talk about what to do. And the first thing to do is to not freak out. (laughs) And I know that's so hard. And again, like easier said than done. But I really need you to be grace under pressure. There's a lot of people looking at you during this time, your team, the support team that you've hired, uh, your guests, and you need to be grace under pressure. Okay, so first is don't freak out. Second thing I want you to do if less people are showing up than planned is to determine what is your goal? What feeling do you want your guests to have during this experience you're creating? And I want you to name it. And I know that that seems super simplistic and and irrelevant, but in in a bit, we're going to get back to why that naming that feeling, writing that down is going to be so important. It's kind of like when I teach you in Live Event Academy to start with why times two, why are you hosting this event for your business? And why are you hosting this event for your community? Those act as your lighthouse and the filter through which you make all of your decisions going forward. Well, this is kind of like a a hyper-focused version of that. So name the feeling that you want your guests to experience at the event. That's number two. Number one, don't freak out. Number two, name the feeling. Third, what I want you to do is to decide in advance, months in advance, when you're going to decide how to fix this quote unquote problem of less people showing up than you'd planned, okay? And the reason why I want you to decide in advance is because at the point at which it's time to make that decision, there's a lot of pressure on you as the event host and a lot of things competing for your attention. And so removing the decision about when you'll make the decision really, really helps. (laughs) When I was in Florida once hosting an event, I had planned this 
gorgeous, magical, beautiful pool party for one evening. We had gotten all of these amazing beach balls. I think they were all white of different sizes. And the plan was to float them in the pool and light them up beautifully uh, with brand colors and uh, just had all of these very kind of pool-centric themed fun things to do for the evening, all centered around being outside at this hotel pool for the night. And I think two days before, the day before the hotel came to me and they said, what time are we making the decision if the, the party will be outside or inside. And I said, well, of course it's going to be outside. I've looked at the weather map, map. It looks amazing. We're having it outside. And I, and they, they said, no, no, we need to make a decision that day at a certain time of when, whether we're going to have it inside or outside. And we need to pick a time now. And I didn't want to. <laughs> <laughs> because in my head, we're having that party outside. That's that's the plan. And they really pushed and said, no, we need to pick a time. And I, I think we picked like three o'clock. And I said, well, it doesn't matter because it's not going to rain. And then we get to that day and we get to that time. And it still looks really good on the weather from how, you know, from my, cons- from my standpoint. And the hotel staff, kept telling me, no, like the weather patterns in Florida are different. I was a Minnesotan at the time and it's, uh, you, you can see the rain coming, you know, you see it on the map and you know when it's going to arrive. And they said, it's not like that here. Uh, we're in the season where storms kind of pop up at any time. And the way the weather map looks, it appears like that's going to happen tonight. And so we really advise that we move it inside. And I very reluctantly said, okay. And sure enough, it was pouring cats and dogs that night. But we did have the time then to have set it all up inside, to have taken all those beautiful beach balls. And someone had the idea to take a fishing line and weave it through uh, the closures um, the, where the air goes in. There's like a little loop and tie them all together into these big towers of, of beach balls, just kind of repurposing the decor that we had. And and then the the tech team put like water colors into the, the and some used some cool gobos that made it look like it was water kind of on all of the walls of the uh, ballroom. It was a little cheesy, yeah, but it, it turned out beautiful. And if we had waited, we wouldn't have been able to set up something so such a beautiful experience inside the ballroom and our guests wouldn't have had an amazing time. And I tell you all of that because when we wait to make the decision after the time that the team recommends is, is the time to make the decision, we put a lot of pressure on a lot of people that are helping us bring our event vision to fruition. And it's not fair. It's not fair to put that type of pressure and stress on the team that is holding our event in their hands. And 
So I recommend you working with your team, whether it's the team at the venue, your personal like business team and your tech team and asking them, hey, let's say that uh, less people are planning to come than we anticipate. At what point do you need to make the, do we need to make the final decision on the room layout and, and the plan? And if that's two weeks out or one week out or two days out, I don't know for you, what it is for you, but I want you to have that conversation months in advance and, and make a decision together and then stick to it. And you'll be so thankful that you did because you will reduce the pressure on your team and they'll feel better and happier about working with you through those changes. So now that we've first decided not to freak out and second, decided to we've named the feeling that we want our event guests to experience at our event and we've decided when we'll make the decision on how to adjust things right the the fourth thing i want to talk to you about is what changes to make so if less people are coming than planned you have two options one you can change the space so you can say, well, this ballroom, this hotel is not the right fit. Maybe the hotel will work with us if they have another space open and allow us to move to a different space. That's an option that probably shouldn't cost much, if anything, at all. You could change space in terms of changing the venue entirely, and then you might be out some money for sure. Or third, and this shouldn't cost anything, is change the layout of the space. So you have a lot of options. Let's let's pretend for the sake of our conversation today that you're in a hotel bar, ballroom. Well, if the ballroom is just way too big for the amount of people that you now have showing up, you have some options. They're easy. You can bring the stage forward and then pipe and drape off the line right behind the stage and just leave a bigger gap behind the stage. Most people won't notice how big the room is when you do that. And then you can kind of dim the lights so people don't see how high the ceilings are. You can perhaps even pull an air wall and make the space that you have smaller. So those are some options to make it feel smaller and have the guests not notice. Another option is if you can't make the space smaller in that respect, you can make the space feel more intimate by filling it with more stuff. So one way to fill a room with seats is theater seating. That's just chairs. You get the most amount of people with theater seating. But if you have less people showing up than you planned, you might want to switch to classroom seating. And classroom seating is where you add those long, skinny tables in rows. And then you can make one more adjustment beyond that. And instead of long, skinny tables, which is classroom, you can do rounds, like banquet rounds. And they have all different sizes of rounds. You can do cocktail rounds or uh, I think they have, um, what is it, like 8-foot and 10-foot rounds. You have to figure out what sizes you have to work with, but you can bring in the bigger size 
of rounds. And then you can seat people only on the side facing the the, um, stage. So that's called crescent rounds. And you can seat five people to a round, or you can even seat four people to a round. And so those tables just take up way more space and they just, they fill it and they make it, it makes it feel more full. And if, if grand is, is your, your goal, it'll feel like that. Uh, it, it might even make it feel slightly more intimate if you're able to combine a couple of these strategies where you're able to bring the stage forward or close some air walls or adjust the lighting so it's more dim. I think all I think you can see now visualize how you can make these adjustments and to your floor plan and achieve that feeling. And that's where we go back to number two, where I said, let's name the feeling that you want your guests to experience. Is it intimacy? Is it a sense of grandeur? What is it for you about being in the space that you want them to feel? And and then let's have that lens on as we're making these adjustments. Another thing that you can do, and this will be number five, is on site, you can, and this isn't this is something, again, you would decide in advance and communicate with your team as this is how we run an event. These are part of our procedures. You can adjust the number of seats on the fly. If you're watching your register, like you know how many signed up for the event to come and, and that number in and of itself is lower than you expected. But then let's say there are uh, less people actually showing up on site than you expected, keep a close eye on that because you can pull some tables out of the room, pull some chairs out of the room on the fly so that it doesn't appear that there are any missing people. There are no empty chairs. That definitely helps a lot. I think seeing empty chairs gives people a sense of question and unease of, are more people supposed to be here? And why didn't they come? And I did come. Let's just eliminate all of those questions from their heads, okay? Let's make it look like that you have to add at the last minute. Everyone's been let into the ballroom and there's still a couple people without a seat. That feels better than all of these empty tables and chairs. So you can have a stack of chairs planned in the back of the room where you're able to add some after you've let everyone in to kind of give that air of, oh, wow, more people have arrived than we have planned. Okay. So now that we've covered those five things, which is not freaking out, deciding in advance when you'll decide, changing the space, right? We're naming the feeling that we want guests to experience. And then on site, we're monitoring the amount of people who are actually checking in and actually showing up to each sessions because it can adjust. You know, people might decide after lunch to not come down because they want to get some work done. So keep a a close eye on that. The The last thing I will leave you with is I really want your focus during this whole time when you're making adjustments because less people are showing up than you had planned. 
I want you to focus on serving those guests who are in the room versus worrying about the guests who aren't in the room. The people who made it, they're your ride or die. Just serve them well and they will have, and then insert the the word, that, that, that feeling that you want to evoke in your guests. They'll have that type of experience when they feel seen, heard, and celebrated. And so don't take your eye off the ball of serving who is with you in an effort to worry about all of the people who didn't come, okay? We'll get them next time, right? That's when you'll go to fillingevents.com and grab that guide, 107 Ways to Fill Your Event, and make a plan to market your event in a different and more robust way next time. Dial in your messaging. Just refine, 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 okay? And then the other thing that I would want you to focus on is documenting during your event. So I really recommend a professional videographer and a professional photographer who focus on event marketing, event storytelling. I want you to focus on documenting the angles and the feelings that will evoke a fear of missing out on, and then again, insert that word that we came up with before, that that feeling that you want guests to have at your event, that experience, the pictures, the videos of the angles and the moments and the feelings of your experience. I want you to document that because 99.99999% of your next event guests are watching on social media and in your email newsletter. They are watching and trying to decide if they should make it into the room next time. And so your job is to document work with what you have, get someone who's really good at photo and video, document, invest in that, so that you have all of these beautiful assets that evoke that feeling that you want your your guests to experience at your event. You'll have all those beautiful new assets to use when you're marketing the next event. Yes? All right, I hope this is helping you feel better about how to handle the situation when it comes up, feeling more armed with a plan. Go back and listen to this one and take notes if you were uh, in the car or on the Peloton while we were hanging out together today. And know that it's okay. (laughs) It's totally okay. It really is all about being grace under pressure here. You got this. Thank you for listening to the Green Room Central podcast. If you love this episode, then please take a screenshot on your phone and post it to Instagram. And be sure to tag at Sarah Faber and let me know why you liked it and what you'd like to hear or who you'd like to hear from in the future. That'll help me know what to create for you. Also, if it's on your heart to host your first or next event in 2023 and you need a jumpstart, Let's connect for a strategy session. 
just go to greenroomcentral.com. In a two-hour intensive private session, I can help you pivot, scale, or start your event vision from scratch. Together, we will build an actionable plan so that you can feel confident and clear on your next steps. Go to greenroomcentral.com right now to sign up. This podcast is built on Kajabi. I loved how easy it was to get things set up, but more so, I'm thrilled that my entire business is run within one platform. From my emails, to my pages, to my courses, and my podcast too. It's all under one roof. If you love simplicity and scalability as much as I do, then go to greenroomcentral.com to get a free 14-day trial from Kajabi. I appreciate your commitment to leveling up and learning the mindset and strategy of live events. Keep going. Keep learning. If you want more, head over to greenroomcentral.com for show notes and all the links from today's episode.